I'm Renee Ritchie, and I'm a tech analyst. And I'm Georgia Dow, I'm a psychotherapist. And welcome to Apple Talk, where psychology meets technology. And what do we talk about here? We discuss Amazon and Microsoft and Apple and did I say Facebook Amazon? And Facebook, Google, <laughs> I don't know, the Zuck. Yeah, you know how it is. How they affect our culture and increasingly our lives. How evil they all are. They're just they well. Oh, I was going to go down a horrible rabbit hole that I'm not going to go down now. No. Bite your tongue. No, I'm not doing it. Bite your tongue. We have questions, Georgia. Questions that need answers. What do you think I was going to say? Comment below. Yes, comment below. Hashtag Second Amendment. Right. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is from Ronald White. And this is, if you, want, if you ever want your comments, your questions read, just leave them in the comments to the YouTube video or tweet us. Any of those things work. This is from Ronald White. And I'm asking you this, Georgia, because I feel this way too. He's I don't like, know what the question is, so now I'm I, nervous. I really enjoyed the first part of the last show, but the last part has given me a little anxiety. And I was wondering, like, when we consume media, if it is about a serious issue, like we were talking about the ring doorbells and whether they're spying on us, or uh, that they are spying on us, how do you consume media and deal with the anxiety, the ensuing anxiety? So you need to know what you, okay, so the stuff that we consume inside of our head is just as important as the stuff that we eat. In some cases, it's actually more important. And so it is, besides this podcast, it is a, it's totally, no, even this podcast, it's totally okay to skip a segment and go to the next area if you feel how, depending on how you feel about it. I will avoid certain topics on subjects. I won't watch certain movies. Someone's like, oh, this movie is so very sad. And I'm like, I'm just never going to watch no. that movie because it's not good for my brain. And once you put something in your brain, you can't take it out very easily. If it's something, especially if it's kind of traumatic or it causes you anxiety, a lot of the times you have to know that the world does not change in fast, you know, ebbs and waves. It's kind of like a slow lull. But you should still be aware of things. But if that awareness causes you massive amounts of, if that awareness causes you massive amounts of anxiety, just turn it off. But what if it's too late? Like, what if you saw the webpage or you heard it on the radio or it was playing on TV when you walked so, in or so, was it part of a podcast you didn't anticipate? Yeah, you didn't expect that it was yeah. going to happen and then suddenly it happens. So what you want to do is you want to decompress, do something that makes you feel a different emotion than what you were feeling. If it's angry, try to go for happy. If it's anxiety, try to, try to go for calm. Something that's funny, something that's silly, something that makes you laugh. Decompress and share it with someone, but try not to have that person be someone that is going to be incendiary, that's going to add fuel to that fire, that's going to also panic or get angry because that will add to your feeling of anxiety. And so a little bit of a brain cleanse can go a long way. Exercise, go outside, talk to someone that makes you laugh. So what I do is I find someone who's even more triggered than me and then I tell them and then they go and make Pluto not a planet anymore or something and then I feel fine. It's funny because I do feel that way about watching like really scary movies. As long as I'm watching it with someone that's more frightened than I am, Nobody's I'm more feeling okay. Oh no, 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 no. My nephew, you would get more scared oh, than I true. would. Oh, that's true. And that gave me much joy. Oh, okay. Because I was like, you know what? Now I can watch the movie. And it was great. That sounds fairly disturbing, but that's good. Yeah, I know. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm a good person. <laughs> no, but... but it means that you're, you're sleeping better. Yeah. All right. So, Disturbed Angel. For as long as I live, I will never understand folks that want to praise 24 frames per second. And just as a, as a little explainer... Most video that we see these days is in a variety of different frame rates. So we have 24 frames per second for big Hollywood movies because back in the day, that was a good balance of the minimal amount of film that you needed, but also enough to make the, the illusion of motion because it, it, film is just really a series of pictures with slight differences. And it, it has like its own motion blur at yeah. that frame rate. 
and some people get really used to that. Television in uh, North America is 30 frames per second. In Europe, the PAL system was 50 frames per second, but it was, where was it, 25? Yeah, 25 doubled to 50, we're 30 doubled to 60. So it's much smoother than movie television is, than movies are. And sometimes that's nice because it looks fluid, and sometimes that's not nice because it looks like a soap opera. But Or a documentary. You tend to like, yeah, yeah, that was high frame rate. That was even more. And some, 60, right? Some, yeah, 60. And some sports is at 120 uh, now because they want to see the little details. So, like, for me, it's what you're used to, like, what you find. It's, it's not an objective thing. It's a subjective thing. Yes. I just like the way 24 frames per second look. I'm used to it. But my question for you is that I've noticed that when you watch, like, you have a familiarity with something, your brain just finds it normal, and you see something different, it looks abnormal. Like when they changed the way iOS looked, I was so used to the old version, the new version looks completely uh, alien to me. But then now when I go back and look at the old version of, of iOS, that looks wrong now. So is that like brain pliability or something? We are, we are already preset to enjoy our environment staying the same. Why? Because if it didn't already kill us, then why change anything? And change was really dangerous for us. So environmental change, whether that be inside of a computer system, inside of your phone, inside of your house, inside of your office or workplace, little tiny changes make us automatically go, ooh, maybe this will be something that will kill us off. And we feel uneasy towards it. And because of that, it causes us a mild amount of anxiety or makes us feel a little bit more disturbed. I think that for the motion blur though, the 60 frames versus 24 frames, it's it's also something that we're used to watching certain sets of things and they mean something. So when I watched The Hobbit in 60 frames yeah. per second, I went, this reminds me of a documentary. And so it took me out of the movie. Yes. And after a while, like I would say like- But a low budget documentary. It was, it was, it was worse for yeah. me because of that. But by the time like the last hour was there, one as I was so angry and bored, it didn't really matter. And then the second state was that I, I'd already kind of gotten used to it and I forgot that that's what was happening to me. So we do adapt, it does happen, but we are still kind of preset to enjoy things in a certain way. And a lot of people can become exceptionally fixated upon keeping things in one way and causes a lot of anxiety to do something different. Like you and I both use the iPhone Max now, uh, Pro Max, and it, it feels big, but you go back to the original iPhone and it's like a kid's toy. And that felt big back then. It did. These brains are jerks. And wonderful. Last question, Laura Thompson. Companies that place ads should reevaluate, should really evaluate what they are actually paying for. If my tea kettle breaks and I buy one online, it results in ads for kettles. Lots and lots of kettle ads. If their algorithm was beneficial, should it not result in ads for tea, mugs, water filters? Not assuming I need multiple kettles. And that's actually really, really tough. Like there's all, uh, algorithms are all different kinds of algorithms. These are recommendation engines, whether it's Netflix trying to guess what movie you're gonna watch, YouTube trying to guess what video you're gonna watch, uh, Spotify, like what song you're gonna watch. In this case, it's trying to guess an ad that you're gonna click on and buy something because that's what they're getting paid for. And you'd think that they would be better at knowing what we literally just bought. Like you just yeah. bought a kettle, you aren't really gonna need that many There's kettles. There's probably don't need a ton of kettles. And I used to talk about this a lot back in Mobile Nations. It's like, I always thought the ad industry was dumb because all they would do was target us with the products they thought that were exact fits. But a whole part of algorithms are nearest neighbor. It's like what group of people who bought this also bought that, like in, in adjacent, uh, in it, like, it, it, are people who buy iPhones more apt to buy high-end coffee makers or luxury cars or all these things? And I, I don't know if they've gotten any better at that. 
I don't know if they really care to because they just care about selling the ad space. So unless they make less in selling ad space, why do they need to make it better? They're just hoping like, again, and like when you talk about something like Amazon or Google, like how many players are really in this field, they can monopolize it. You don't have many choices. And so because of that, they don't have to actually be good at helping the person sell as long as people still ask for ad space and they are. The thing that interested me is I asked a couple times, again, back when, when I was doing Mobile Nations, why the ads were so crappy. Like these companies could hire like really good designers the way Apple did with iAds. They had beautiful ads and they pointed out, how did iAds do? And, and no, it didn't do well at all. And it turned out that based on their data, people clicked on the crappier ads more. They click on things that draw their attention. So really annoying can work also. Like, Every once in a while, and I feel bad, but like I'll be like, ooh, that's actually really interesting. And then I click on it, and so I'm part of the problem. But is there, like, because I've heard uh, some prominent vlogger, like vlogger YouTubers say that the higher their production value, the less engagement they get from their audience. When they can make it look like you could be there shooting that video with your phone with them, they get a much higher audience affinity, where if it looks like a movie, then it starts to feel fake to their audience. Like it feels like a production and not a reality show. It, it really has to have a hook that kind of grabs you and pays attention. It's the first thing that's most important for an ad because a lot of stuff that is that just kind of disappears in the background, we don't care about. And the next part is, does it carry our interest? And then the last part would be, do we actually want to find out more about it? But is there and an authenticity so, component to that? Like, I does have it have to not, feel? I have not heard any studies that say that authentic versus inauthentic actually makes a difference for the end result if someone is going to click upon or is not going to click upon it. I know that some things that are obnoxious, like it's almost like you don't want to be neutral. You want to be either really <laughs> polished and fabulous and it's your favorite actor or someone that you want to you watch. You want to listen to a response. Yeah. Or something that's so horrible like Punch the Monkey where <laughs> you're so angry that you want to do that because you're just you know, already kind of there. But in between where you are neutral, you're not eliciting anything from someone is bad. The only thing that ad company, the, that websites don't want is something that makes you close the website. So yeah. a loud streaming ad, which does not happen on the internet, but still happens on TV because they have a monopoly and they yes. can force us with loud commercials. Well, I have a mute button now on the Apple really? TV remote. Very, very nice. But it should auto-mute commercials. Yes. That should be just something that, anyways. Um, but they don't have that because that will make us close the entire page. Yeah. And yeah. then no one's watching. All right, so our first topic for today, Georgia, is uh, rumors, again, about next generation AirPods Pro, the in-ear ones, not the Macs over the ear ones, that say that they're gonna take on some of the characteristics of Apple Watch, namely the sensors and the uh, fitness aspects. And I saw some people reacting with like, oh, Apple would never do this because it would cannibalize the Apple Watch. And my whole thing is that's Apple's whole point. Like they, they, the iPhone now does things that the Mac used to do. The Apple Watch now does things the iPhone used to do. Uh, this is gonna be the future of AR and VR technology. I, I can see Apple making these like do everything they can possibly do. Of course, more people will buy them. The, the thing is, is that we'll buy for both, right? What we want to have is, we want all of our items to do all of the things. And so the more that they do, the more chance that people will buy it, the more the chance that people will buy it, the more, like no one's not gonna buy a watch because they have the AirPods. I'm sorry, but the AirPods, now the watch may not be great at time. It's better now. It's better now. <laughs> so much better now. But the AirPods are really bad at time and yeah. time is kind of important. 
So it's still better than that. It's not gonna, I don't think it's gonna parasitize at all. Most of the times the AirPods are gonna be for listening to music. Yeah, well to me it's like this whole system of trade-offs where clocks used to be like Big Ben in the town hall and then we got the grandfather clock in the living room yeah. and then the pocket watch and then the wrist watch. And so we had computers like big mainframes at mm -hmm. IBM and then we had PCs and Macs on our desktop. Then we had phones in our pockets. Now we have Apple watches on our wrists and they're going a step further. They're putting little, they have 10 core computers in our ears now. Yes. Which is amazing. And none of them, uh, I've told the story before, but none of them do everything the other one did. But like my father got a home computer so he wouldn't have to drive to IBM. I use my iPhone when I don't want to have to walk over to my Mac. I glance at my Apple Watch when I don't even have to want to reach for my phone. And it does a subset of those things, but it's so convenient and I only need those subsets, that's fine. So for me, to, exactly to your point, the AirPods are going to have no glanceability. It's all going to be an audio-based interface and audio takes time. Like if I have to look, it is three o'clock. The HomePod telling me the weather, brought, you know, paid for by the Weather Channel or whatever, it's excruciating when I could get the same information in a second. In a fraction of a second, yeah, on glance. your wrist, yeah. just glancing, it's now always on. Lovely. But for fitness, I mean, that would be great because like right now I, I go out without my phone and my watch, if I had to, I could call or text somebody, yeah. but it tracks all my workouts. I can Apple pay for stuff. But if I only really needed to track a workout, I could go out without even the watch. I could put the AirPods in, go out for a run, come back, and then that would just sync. Yes. The only piece to it is, like, I love the idea of having fitness right there, but it's just everything is being tracked. Everything's just being tracked. Like, you should run for as long as you want to run. And I think that the only negative piece to all kinds of fitness trackers and having them kind of ubiquitous, like always kind of listening to when you're working out and when you're not, is that you end up with this Again, for some people, this again for some people this works really wonderful. It's motivational. They feel great about it. Accountability. You don't have to really do anything. It's doing all the tracking for you. I close my it's rings. I'm happy. Encouraging. Exactly. Until you lose your rings or something happens or you're sick one day and Tony everyone else is doing that. And then you and then you have to lie to other people or stick it I onto totally your cat. Totally close my rings. <laughs> you can you do know? that. <laughs> yeah, you can totally do that. There's someone that shaved their. Anyways, <laughs> they shaved their dog. They stuck the Apple Watch on. Oh, Anyways, it worked. Um, but it's one of these things that it can cause an anxiety as well, where it's something that it should just be, you go out and walk and you walk for as long until you don't want to walk anymore. And so it can add this added layer of pressure that I don't think in some ways is that good. I think in some ways it's better not to have it. Like I don't usually wear my Apple watch unless I'm working or going out. Like it serves a purpose, but then I want to be able to shut down. That one's really pretty. Yeah. It's a really nice one. But I want to be able to shut down. And so don't feel obliged to just turn it off. And would you be able to turn it off? Yes. On yeah. your phone, you'd be able to kind of just turn it off so that you don't you want would just, it to be tracked. Or you could on just you. take it out or whatever. But like the thing I like about it is um, from an accessibility point of view, like if you, uh, even like, and I'm not saying this is a joke at all, but like, like if you're low vision, they for a while now, they'd be giving you audio directions. So yes. turn here, turn there. But even for me, I, and you know this, I get lost around my house. Like I actually lived for a while in a place that had triangular streets because if I missed the turn, I would just hit the next one. And like this is the places where I live for years. I still like turn wrong yeah. or we're I walk the wrong way. We're together. Yeah, we, like we would totally end up in the ocean. So like having something that would just say, you know, turn left, turn right. To me, even if it's in my ear and I, I wasn't paying attention, I just walked by the street. 
Now, Renee, for yeah. something like that though, will you still need to have your watch or your phone with you in I order to get that information? For now, I think you probably will just because there's not enough battery power to do GPS. Uh, but I think like more and more of these things, like I can see the AirPods Max having streaming audio, like Apple Music streaming to them, podcast streaming to them, so you don't even need your watch for that anymore. Mm. It's just one, and I think especially when we get to the glasses, they're gonna have to be able to start offering those things. Like maybe in the beginning you need your watch with the Apple glasses, but 10 years out, it should just be glasses Hopefully and then contacts. earlier than 10 years. Well, I just mean like, because it took five years for the iPhone to not need a Mac anymore. It's gonna take, it's still the, the Apple Watch still needs an iPhone, it's been seven years. Mm. Um, so I think like, and this is even more miniature, so I figure like completely free, to, but we, we're gonna have to get there. And I think this is another step towards that. Okay, so questions. We're gonna be missing the nib. They're, they're gonna be nibless, which is We don't good. know. So we know, oh. the, we know the AirPods 3 are gonna, well, we don't know. Uh, the rumors suggest the AirPods 3 are gonna look like the AirPods Pro. Yeah. And at least one of the prototypes for the AirPods Pro have no uh, stems. And we've seen like at King James, LeBron James, uh, wearing undisclosed beats. Uh, I forget what they call them, Studio pods, I think is a rumored names, but they, they are completely stemless and they're gonna be the next generation of beats. So we're slowly getting there. So I'll ask the question that I know you're yes. gonna just break my heart with. Will we get them in colors? Will I be able to get them in black? The ones he was wearing were white. So I don't know, but Beats traditionally has made more colors. But the, yeah, no, the, I don't want Beats, the AirPods Pro, yeah. I, there's rumors they might be in colors. And I'm more, just, just make Apple's them in getting black. more colorful. I don't need color, I just want them in black. Apple's getting more colorful. The psychology of this though is fascinating to me because there's a group of people ardently believe that Apple will never cannibalize stuff, even though Apple's his whole history has been cannibalizing things. Done that. And then now there's a whole group of people who are like, oh, the reason we have colors is because Johnny Ive is gone. And then Wired puts out a story going, yeah, Johnny Ive worked on the new iMac. And I'm just like, why? Like, like without information, people make up all these conspiracy theories, even in tech industry. We like that though. We want to create a reason for things. It makes us feel blame. like there's an order. Yes, uh, yes, um, it's, I don't know, I, like we latch onto these things rather than, it's like the opposite of Occam's razor. The dumbest explanation is the one people believe, not necessarily the right one. I don't know if that's the truth. I think that it creates the most press and people like Maybe. press and if it's negative press against Apple, they get a lot of hits and so because of that, they continue to feed upon it. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. You know what else is being fed upon? What else is being fed upon? Anything Amazon wants. So Georgia, what is Amazon doing with medicine? So, like, they don't have enough information already. No. Nope. They now want to move into creating actually brick and mortar pharmacies. And you would say, oh, how lovely, we need more of this. Yep. But no, it is just so they can parasitize your medical data because what don't they have your information on? Now they're gonna have your medical data. Mm -hmm. Now, they're not the first company to do this. Microsoft and Google have already been kind of in the medical field where they will create an app or an application where then a, you know, they say to whatever hospitals and healthcare areas and they can say, you know what, if you want, you can use this and we're just gonna take this data to be able to better figure out patterns to make people safer. Um, and even at my building, they use um, a server system to be able to track clients information. Your medical building. My medical building. Yeah. And they say to me, oh, you know, this would work so much better on Google Chrome. And I'm like, well, maybe it will, but I'm not gonna <laughs> use it. I'll never know. Yeah. Still don't know. No, and, but that's what they wanna get into. So now Amazon is trying to get into doing pharmacies. There was a data scientist on Twitter who put out a thread, I retweeted it, I'll see if I can find it for you, who's like, I visited my mom at, 
at her house and when I got home I got an ad for the type of toothpaste she uses and this is the kind of thing that makes people believe that they're listening to them on their microphones Definitely or spying on their cameras uh, but it's it's not that because that is a massive energy drain like that would just drain your but still believe it the thing is they don't 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 spread conspiracies sorry. people are gonna sorry, believe you I'm sorry um Sorry. They don't need to because their information about us is so... And he went through... You're already I believe it, it was a he. might have been a she, but they went through all the data sources that they have access to and all the brokerage yep. deals and like with credit card companies that they go through and just how complete a picture they have of us. Yeah. And they start factoring medicine into this. And the reason that this is particularly scary is there have already been some cases of people using fitness monitors or trackers and inputting something and then having their insurance canceled. Yeah. Even though they didn't disclose to the insurance company and were under no obligation to disclose things to the insurance company, the mere fact that they were using, that this data was being collected was causing their rates to go up or their insurance to be canceled, which is something that the law is not at all providing protection for yet. Right, and it, this goes, this is one of those HIPAA areas, gray areas where, you know, who has access to your information? Where is it going to go? What happens if it gets out? And for a lot of people, especially if you're in the States where medicine is vastly expensive, a lot of people will choose um, not to take an ambulance or not to go in to get something checked out because they may not be covered for it. It's really tempting to be able to say, you know what, this is going to be cheaper through Amazon. And so I want to do it even if I'm going to be giving up my privacy. Though this can be used against you yep you know, five, 10 years later. A lot of insurance policies already say that if you already have an, like whatever disclosed injury oh, or Oh, your Fitbit recorded an irregular heartbeat back in 2007. Yeah, and now you're not covered for this yeah. heart attack that you just had. And that's really scary also. The other thing, not anywhere nearly as scary, but I guess it depends on your frame of view, is that Amazon bought MGM. Uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, I think is the name, the Roaring Lion, which for many people is synonymous with James Bond. Uh, and they also, I believe, have the Hobbit franchise, which you mentioned previously. Oh, take and that. And the Rocky and Creed uh, franchises. So not like the biggest of blockbusters, but steady, and maybe not the most recent of blockbusters. But it's still, it's just all of these large companies kind of becoming bigger and bigger conglomerate companies. Yes. I find very unpleasant. Well, Neelay Patel had a, Neelay, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong and then he's going to end me, uh, had a really interesting tweet about this. That means where, he'd have to watch. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, he's watching. Hey, Neelay. Uh, Dieter can tell him. Um, the thing that, that I thought was so interesting about his tweet is he was talking about a lot of the shortages that we've been having, like the chip shortage and the shortage in other areas. And it almost always comes back to there being only one manufacturer left for these things. Like there's been so much merger and acquisition and failure and we've allowed so many uncontested single entity, like it depends on your definition of monopoly. They're not always abusive, but they're sometimes just limited in terms of who's providing the service that we we now have these single like I, I, this is going to be funny for people, but the company that makes the cheese curds in Montreal had a fire once, and the other cheese places had to voluntarily let them use some space. We didn't have a national poutine crisis in Quebec because there was only one place that made the proper poutine. Cheese curd. Yeah, cheese curds. But that happens. Like there, People can't get enough chips for their cars, and people can't get this long list of other stuff that is essential you know, it's sometimes essential for life, other times just for normal society. It's funny because we talk about how important competition is, but eventually as companies get larger, they do eat up other companies so that then we end up with no competition. The yeah. fact that there is competition ends up making you bid against each other, which makes you then want to kind of absorb other companies that could be huge rivals. And then we end up with 
no competition Facebook, all Instagram, over again. WhatsApp. And we <laughs> start all over. Yeah, and the the U.S. government uh, has done the opposite of really police this because it's they're making all this, this sound about big tech now but they've allowed a lot of these mergers over time yeah and uh, now AT&T and Discovery are co-parenting Warner Brothers in some weird relationship but they allowed Comcast to buy Universal MBC and a lot of these where they swore up and down it would create jobs and opportunities have been disasters you and everybody lied, knew it Renee? do you mean they lied no I mean they're on the take is that okay? Can I say that without being sued? I'm not saying who's on the take. I'm just yeah, saying Yeah, as long as that, you don't say who. Yeah. Everyone knows who. Yeah, no, the people who did not lose money looking in your direction, the people who lost money uh, sometimes you might looking, not yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you, you just missed the, the area for it. Which is why I always just, when I look at like uh, the antitrust investigations in the EU and stuff like that, like I've mentioned this many times before, the EU went hard on Microsoft for Internet Explorer and the result is we now only have basically WebKit and Chromium, which are forked from the same thing as our web rendering engines. Right. Like they decided to increase competition by destroying all competition. And that keeps happening over and over again. Right. Uh, well, we do have... A few more things. One more thing, two more things. I don't, I don't know. How many things do we have? We have the Nebula bonus segment. Oh. So if you're watching on Nebula, stay tuned. If you're not watching on Nebula, you could easily be doing so just by going to Apple Talks, wait, curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk and just signing up. You get both CuriosityStream and Nebula bundled together for just the price of CuriosityStream. Nebula comes for free and it's less than like $15 a year, which is less than the cost of your DoorDash or your Uber Eats or something Not just once. Not even one meal. Yeah. yeah. One, like one, sam one sandwich on Uber Eats now, yeah. all the service charges will cost you 30 bucks. You know, so it's like half of that. Half of that. And you get all the great documentaries and series from CuriosityStream and you get all of our videos. You know, people like Marquez Brownlee and Devin Stone, Legal Eagle, Thomas Frank, all of those ad-free, sponsor-free, often with bonus content like we're about to give you. So it's the best damn deal in streaming. That it is. The best damn deal in streaming. Georgia, where can people find out more about you? So if you want to send me an email, you can check out Georgia at WestmountTherapy.com. If you're dealing with anxiety or depression, check out Anxiety-Videos. And I'm on YouTube. At, you, sorry. At Georgia <laughs> underscore Dow. Ah, that's for Twitter. Okay. But YouTube, it's youtube.com slash Georgia Dow. Awesome. And uh, you've been doing, what, what are your latest videos? Oh, it's a reaction to Handmaid's Tale. Oh, nice. You can all be of Georgia if you just go watch that video. <laughs> and you can find me at Renee Ritchie on Twitter, all the social things, basically. Uh, or youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie. You ready? Yes. So sometimes we talk about things that we love. Yes. And sometimes we talk about things that are really not okay. And so this one's just, you know. Are we going to be canceled now? Okay. So Spain, been Spain, Spain released some um, stamps okay. that were called equality stamps. Okay. And they were all about um, promoting and celebrating different skin colors. Okay. So far. I'm on board. Sounds fine. Yep. And love the name. Yep. I think it's a wonderful thing. All it was was just a color, so they didn't even have to pay any um, artists to really create well, this. Well, hate that part. You can pay artists. Artists need they, your money. They, they did it so that they wouldn't have to. No, pay the artists. They didn't. Um, but the equality stamps are all for a different amounts what? with the um, lighter-skinned equality stamps being more expensive than the darker-skinned equality stamps. No. And all I went was like, like when you, you think about things and you're like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, yeah. what happened? Like, it was actually, I had to look to see if it wasn't like, was the, this like onion. the onion. Was it the onion? No. Spain no. makes unequal equality stamps? 
Yeah, inequality, equality stamps. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, this was part of European Diversity Month. Turns out not so diverse. Ah, uh, Spain. Yeah, so there Taking we go. Taking the L. There we go. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's just uh, FFS this one and uh, fix it, please. Like, who does, like, you... Have I, have much I have a yeah, much cheerier. Yeah, please, we, I could do cheery. All right, so friend of the show, uh, you know, collaborator, occasional podcast guest, Luria Petrucci has got these live adrenaline mug, monster so mugs cute. because people get stressed and they get anxious when they go live and you can learn to conquer your live adrenaline uh, monster. But also so one of my favorite hoodies, the streamer you hoodie. You do, you love your hoodie. I do. I love this one, of the most comfortable hoodies I've ever had. She also has a bunch of graphics for streamers. So I just wanted to give her, uh, her store a big shout out. We did a video together last week on her channel about whether the iMac is good for streamers or not. Hmm. Uh, and she used all these graphical overlays and has all this cool gear. And I just, I think it's really important to support creators in any way you can because the, uh, the creator economy is never getting easier. Nope. And it promotes good stuff because creators by nature are creative and they come up with just a ton of, of great designs. And if you look at my videos closely, you'll often see me wearing like a Marquez shirt or a Greg's Gadget shirt. You are really though, the or... nicest person for supporting, promoting, um, giving space to everyone else. Um, I have to say a Travis shirt because they're rivals. And if I say a Greg shirt, not a Travis shirt, I'll get canceled. Oh, okay. Well, okay. let's not have that happen. So both their shirts. And we have the, I have the Justine mug, but I'm not using it this week. Yeah, so just, you know, support your favorite creators. There's lots of wonderful merch out there, lots of wonderful stores. And if you need something, see if someone that you like is making it. That's all.